Well, hello, and welcome to the Chess Journal Podcast, where each month we host a discussion with the authors of important articles from the current issue of the journal, adding context and commentary to the challenges facing clinicians in the fields of pulmonary, critical care, and sleep medicine. To introduce today's topic, here's your host, Dr. Gretchen Winter. On behalf of CHEST, I would like to welcome you to this CHEST Journal podcast. I'm Dr. Gretchen Winter, and I am your CHEST podcast moderator. Thank you all for joining us today for what will be an interesting discussion on whether surgical lung biopsies should be performed for interstitial lung disease evaluation. I do want to warn our listeners in advance that this could get heated. There were some spicy words thrown about in these papers, like tepid and irrelevant, so hold on to your seats. We are fortunate to have Dr. Chris Ryerson and Dr. Sarah Tomasetti as our guests. Dr. Ryerson wrote the pro side of the argument in this point counterpoint. Dr. Ryerson is a professor of medicine at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada, and is the director of the St. Paul's Hospital ILD clinical, research, clinical and Research Program. Dr. Tomasetti wrote the counterpoint and is an associate professor of respiratory medicine at Florenza University in Italy and is the head of their interventional pulmonology program. Great. Thank you, Dr. Winter, uh, for the kind introduction, and uh, thanks for having us here to talk about this important topic. Look forward to it. Thank you for having us, and I'm looking forward to this spicy discussion. Of course. Well, let's jump right in. So, Dr. Ryerson, you discussed the role of surgical lung biopsy in patients with ILD depending on the diagnostic confidence of a multidisciplinary team. Can you please discuss that more? Sure, thanks. Uh, so there's a great question to start us off. So I would say that no matter how good a surgeon you are or how fit a patient is, surgical lung biopsy is associated with some risk of complication. And that can include things like prolonged air leaks, postoperative chest pain, infection, and even mortality. So given those risks, we should, of course, do whatever we possibly can to ensure that we're only performing that procedure in patients who lack diagnostic certainty after undergoing less invasive tests. Uh, it's important to to do all of these tests that have a reasonable likelihood of revealing an accurate diagnosis. And these can include things as simple as a history and a physical exam, autoimmune serologies, looking at a chest CT scan. And the best way to think about these are that each of those pieces are pieces to a puzzle. And our best tool for assessing that diagnostic certainty is a thorough evaluation by a multidisciplinary team in which we're using all of those available pieces of that puzzle to arrive at the most likely diagnosis. Beyond establishing the most likely diagnosis, the multidisciplinary team also is most adept at identifying potential differential diagnoses, and particularly those alternatives that might have different treatment approaches. And it's really in those patients where that multidisciplinary team identifies both that diagnostic and therapeutic uncertainty that a surgical lung biopsy is potentially appropriate, provided that it's also considered safe in that patient. So that's the role of the multidisciplinary team is to identify that diagnostic and therapeutic uncertainty. Now, Dr. Tomasetti, what is your response to his argument that there is a role for surgical lung biopsy in patients with significant diagnostic uncertainty? Well, I completely agree with Professor Ryerson about the necessity of uh, uh, obtaining lung tissue where there is uh, diagnostic uncertainty and uh, uh, his 
Thiers authored an elegant work that showed that when the confidence of the multidisciplinary team is low, histology can really help in increasing diagnostic certainty. And we have recently published uh, a work that uh, ascertained that uh, lung biopsy information not only change the initial diagnostic impression and increase confidence, but also change uh, patient's management, meaning treatment decision, in at least uh, one-third of cases. So it is sure that histology provides information that are important when there is diagnostic uncertainty uh, in the multidisciplinary team impression. But my point is that we really do not need surgery. It is time to move from surgery to less invasive technique. And, of course, I'm referring to transbranchial lung cryobiopsy as a possible alternative to surgery. Now, Dr. Ryerson, you discussed the safety of surgical lung biopsy procedures. Despite published data of a 1.7% mortality rate following elective surgical lung biopsy and an even higher mortality rate for those with non-elective hospital admissions, can you please discuss the data on safety for our listeners? Sure. So I would separate those two different situations. So the patients with non-elective hospital admissions, those are the patients that come into the hospital with respiratory failure and undergo a surgical lung biopsy. And that is a, a situation that almost never should be pursued. There are very rare circumstances where it should be considered appropriate to pursue a lung biopsy in that situation. So really what I'd focus on is the outpatient who is referred for an elective surgical lung biopsy. So that's somebody seen in clinic and then referred to a surgeon for consideration of a lung biopsy as an outpatient um, who comes into the hospital for that procedure. So in terms of that 1.7% mortality rate, there are two studies that provided that estimate, one published in the American Journal of Respiratory Critical Care Medicine and one published in the European Respiratory Journal, both, I believe, in 2016. Both of those studies were based on administrative databases, one from the U.S. and one from England, and both studies included thousands of procedures showing that 1.7% risk of in-hospital mortality, and that, of course, is alarmingly high. There are also additional risks of surgical lung biopsy worth highlighting beyond those, those, um, that mortality risk, and that, again, includes things like prolonged air leak, long-term postoperative pain, and so on. With respect to mortality, though, uh, the complication rate from those two administrative database studies is really difficult to interpret and hard to apply to each clinician's practice setting and to individual patients. So a couple of key features about those two studies that provide that 1.7% risk. First, the studies go back as far as the 1990s, uh, when a large percentage of biopsies were done using open surgical technique procedures, uh, whereas nowadays we're doing these exclusively using video-assisted thoracoscopic surgery or BATS procedures. And we know from these studies that BATS procedures carry about a third the risk of open procedures. And there are other improvements that have happened over the last couple of decades in terms of anesthetic techniques and ventilation strategies uh, that also have reduced the risk of complications. Uh, there's similarly a study in the ERJ recently showing that high-volume biopsy centers have a lower rate of complication compared to centers that do fewer surgical biopsies. So there are some center-specific things and surgical technique-related considerations that have improved risks uh, over the last couple of decades. Second, we know that there are multiple risk factors for mortality after surgical lung biopsy from a patient perspective, and these include things like older age, 
particularly over 75 years, uh, low DLCO, use of oxygen, obesity, pulmonary hypertension, and a few others as well. And we know that if we select patients carefully, the risk of complication goes down even further. And there are many cohorts out there that have an in-hospital mortality rate of zero that have been published as well. And when I look at, at my own experience, I've sent about 150 or 200 patients uh, for a lung biopsy over the last decade, and I'm pretty careful about who I send. And so far of those patients, I've had one patient with significant post-operative pain that lasted for about six months before resolution. Uh, we've had nobody with a prolonged air leak, and we've had nobody who's died in hospital. So my, my in-hospital mortality rate is 0% for the patients that I send. And again, it's important that I'm relatively conservative in who I refer for a lung biopsy. So I don't refer patients who are over 75, who have a DLCO less than 50% or so. Don't refer patients who are on oxygen or obese or have major comorbidities. And so when I think, uh, when you're careful about this, uh, I believe surgical lung biopsy can be quite a safe procedure. And the challenge with those two previous studies in 2016 is that they're administrative database studies, and they're not really able to address all of these factors and show what the risk is when you're careful about who you're sending patients using the, the current techniques of doing that surgery. Now, Dr. Tomasetti, you, on the other hand, argue that the risks of surgical lung biopsy are worse than those associated with bronchoscopic biopsy procedures. Can you please elaborate on that? Sure. So there is a nourished body of evidence that includes several studies and five different meta-analyses that have looked at um, early mortality after uh, cryobiopsy, uh, which uh, have been um, in the worst scenario being around 0.5%, which is uh, considerably lower uh, compared to the 1.7% mortality of surgical lung biopsy. In the study in which mortality for cryobiopsy was higher, it reached the 2% of the cases, was a small study, and the majority of the cases that died were actually patients who had the pre-existing acute exacerbation. So it is very important also for cryobiopsy to correct to correctly select patients and particularly avoiding patients who, in which uh, is occurring a rapid respiratory deterioration or in which there, is, there are new HRCT findings, for example, new areas of ground glass superimposed to previous uh, fibrosis that can um, uh, make um, the suspicion, raise the suspicion for acute exacerbation. Beside that, uh, Dr. Ryerson mentioned that uh, to lower the risk of uh, mortality for surgery, he accurately select patients, and then this is very important. But another uh, strength of cryobiopsy is that really increase the spectrum of patients that we can biopsy because we're biopsying patients also older than 75 years old and we can biopsy patients that are more fragile. So cryobiopsy not only has low, a lower mortality and significantly lower complications compared to surgery, and this is what the literature tell us, but also broaden the spectrum of patients that we can biopsy. 
Now, Dr. Tomasetti, what role does cost play in the discussion between bronchoscopic versus surgical lung biopsy? Yeah, that's a, thank you for this question. This is another very important point. Uh, there are a few studies that have addressed this point, but all um, are concordant in saying that cryobiopsy has significantly lower costs compared to surgery. And uh, besides the costs of the procedure, which is itself is, of course, less expensive uh, because it doesn't require an operatory room, it doesn't require surgery, it just requires an endoscopy setting. And uh, transbranchial lung cryobiopsy is a procedure that can be performed uh, in, a, in an outpatient setting. So there is also a, considerably, uh, a considerable reduction of costs related to the shortened day of hospital stay con compared to surgery. Now, Dr. Ryerson, you brought up the point that there are le other less invasive biopsy modalities, but how does their diagnostic yield compare to that of surgical lung biopsies? And does their use negate the usefulness of a surgical lung biopsy? Yeah, this is a really important point. So let's start by saying that the, the yield of surgical biopsy, which is the gold standard uh, for fibrotic ILD, is somewhere between 90 and 100%. And we can start with 90% to be relatively conservative um, because there are some patients who clearly don't have a, an obvious diagnosis that can be reached after biopsy. So we say surgical biopsy is a 90% yield. There are two main alternative biopsy approaches with respect to fibrotic ILD. And first, transbronchial forceps biopsy has a relatively low yield, with one previous study published in CHEST a few years ago suggesting a yield of only about 20%. So that's clearly suboptimal. The second main option is what we're talking about today is transbronchial cryobiopsy, uh, which has a yield of just over 80% based on a number of different studies that have been meta-analyzed in the past. And that sounds pretty good at first glance. Before interpreting that yield of, of just over 80%, though, we really should think about what yield actually means in that context. In previous studies, a positive yield has essentially been defined as a pathologist looking at the sample and telling you what pattern he or she sees. And that's a different concept than the concept of diagnostic accuracy, which is a reflection of how close a match that identified pattern is with what would be seen using that gold standard sample of a surgical lung biopsy, which is a much larger and a much more representative sample that is less prone to sampling error. So if you look at it this way, the yield of cryobiopsy is clearly not as important as its diagnostic accuracy. When we look at diagnostic accuracy specifically, we have more limited data from previous studies uh, that have directly compared the results of cryobiopsy to the results of a surgical biopsy when both are performed within a given patient. In the studies that have been performed, some of them suggest that diagnostic accuracy can be high, such as in the cold ice study uh, published a couple of years ago. Um, but other studies have also suggested that the diagnostic accuracy can be much lower with significant disagreement between the results of a cryobiopsy and that of a surgical lung biopsy. So the question then becomes whether the results of a cryobiopsy, despite having a high yield, could actually be misleading in a meaningful proportion of patients and whether that potential harm of misclassification outweighs the increased invasiveness of a surgical biopsy. And that really, I think, is the key question here. 
And Dr. Tomasetti, on the other hand, you discussed data supporting the accuracy of bronchoscopic lung biopsy for diagnosis. Can you please discuss that data? Yes, in the study, the full eye study that Chris Ryerson just mentioned showed us a very good concordance between cryo and the surgery. And most importantly, the addition of surgical lung biopsy didn't really add much, particularly in cases in which the multidisciplinary team with the cryobiopsy information reached a, a multidisciplinary diagnosis made with a high confidence. The surgical lung biopsy, the concordance with surgical lung biopsy was 95%. So in this scenario, really surgical lung biopsy doesn't add much. Of course, when the results of biopsy are inconclusive, of cryobiopsy are inconclusive, or the multidisciplinary team, even taking into account the cryobiopsy results, cannot reach a high, highly confident diagnosis, surgical lung biopsy may add some um, useful information. And I use may because the cold ice study showed us that, in fact, in this difficult scenario, Again, surgery really uh, added some useful information in few cases. So it can be true that uh, when cases are difficult for cryo are also difficult for surgery. And really, we don't have uh, studies and we need, there is a need for future study that address this point. So when the multidisciplinary diagnosis made with cryo the diagnosis of low, low confidence, then does surgery really add relevant information? And uh, for the um, accuracy of transbronchial lung cryobiopsy, it is true that we have only two uh, trials that have compared cryo with surgery, but it is also true that we have a numerous studies that have looked at the diagnostic yield and numerous studies that have shown that it provides useful information within the multidisciplinary team discussion. So the information that you gather from cryobiopsy uh, can change the diagnostic impression. And most notably, the change in the diagnostic impression correlates with uh, patient prognosis and helps physicians to correctly stratify patients uh, prognostically. So the information that we can uh, gather from uh, cryobiopsy are clinically relevant, and uh, surgical lung biopsy has a role only when the, uh, the trans um, bronchial cryobiopsy information uh, is not helpful to reach a confident diagnosis. And how does the future of research play into the question of surgical versus bronchoscopic lung biopsy? So, in the future, uh, interstitial lung diseases uh, will evolve uh, into the scenario of uh, precision medicine. We will uh, start, um, hopefully, soon. Uh, classifying and understanding the pathogenesis of the disease and identifying the molecular mechanism, and hopefully we will have target therapy. And for target therapy, we will need 
tissue, at least in the beginning, and then maybe we will be able to uh, detect also specific biomarkers in a less invasive way. But to start, uh, given the complexity of, the, of these diseases, we will need to evaluate lung tissue in order to identify the um, um, pathway and the target molecules needed to treat these patients. Uh, of course, transvolcanic lung biopsy is a minimally invasive and less, cost, uh, less costly method that will help us to gather tissue that to, to gather to obtain that tissue that will pave the road toward a precision medicine approach. This is very difficult for surgery because the number of procedures that can be done is considerably lower. The spectrum of patients that can undergo surgical lung biopsy is considerably smaller. And so I'm confident that transbronchial lung cryobiopsy could give, uh, could really fuel research in this field, much more compared to surgery. And Dr. Ryerson, what's your rebuttal to that point? So I think mostly uh, complete agreement. So I, I would totally agree with Dr. Tomasetti that the future of ILD diagnosis and management is hopefully going to be precision-based, and we do need tissue to get to that next step. And it's really critical that whether you're performing a surgical biopsy or a cryobiopsy, you are collecting samples and storing samples and collecting data in a standardized way that allows us to collaborate across institutions and for researchers to study these diseases in a rigorous way. The only caveat that I would mention is that we have to be careful that cryobiopsies are smaller samples, and we have to make sure that we understand whether those are prone to sampling error, that it would be less of an issue with a surgical biopsy. Other than that one point, I would completely agree with what Dr. Tomasetti has said. So you both make Thank excellent you. and interesting points. As we finish up this discussion, can you please give our listeners a closing thought on what you want them to take away from this discussion? Dr. Ryerson? Sure. Thank you. Uh, so I would say that whenever there is one of these pro-con debates, the truth really lies somewhere in between the two extremes. Uh, so in this situation, <laughs> it's really imperative that each clinician understands and can communicate with his or her patients the strengths and limitations of each alternative in a way that allows application of available evidence to his or her patients on an individual basis. So there are going to be some patients in whom it's best to undergo one option and some patients in whom it's clearly best to undergo the alternative. And the best option for a given patient might also change from one setting to another. Uh, so, for example, a patient seeing Dr. Tomasetti, who has a lot of experience in this area, might undergo a transbronchial cryobiopsy as a favored procedure, given the experience that she has and her center has with that procedure and the type of biopsy specimen that it provides. That same patient might be seen at another center that has more limited expertise in cryobiopsy, but that has an excellent safety record for surgical lung biopsy. And in that situation, a surgical lung biopsy would be the favored procedure. So to summarize, I, I think that the decisions often come down to the preference of the patient as well as to the specific situation and expertise of the team looking after that individual. And Dr. Tomasetti. Thank you very much, uh, Chris. I completely agree with your summary, and really I have little to add. And, of course, uh, all physicians should 
um, explain and decide with their patient the best way to go, also taking into account their specific environment. And um, just I, I hope that uh, interventional pulmonologists will uh, continue to work into the development of transbronchial lung cryobiopsy. Uh, and uh, I hope that many more centers will become experts in this technique that um, allows pulmonologists to have uh, the um, complete um, uh, panorama and scenario of uh, diagnostic scenario of for interstitial lung diseases, uh, including uh, including invasive testing. So we can take care of our patients uh, from the initial visit to the multidisciplinary team discussion, also performing uh, biopsy as pulmonologists uh, without uh, having to rely to the other colleagues. Well, a big thank you to both Dr. Tomasetti and Dr. Ryerson for a great discussion, and a big thank you to our chess community for joining us. I'm Gretchen Winter, and this is a Test Podcast. Until next time.